When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Hello, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show on Talk Radio WABC. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon for uh, this one-hour show. And I want to do a special shout-out to my regular listeners. Thank you so much for helping make this show a success. We have fantastic ratings, and it's because you uh, are the folks who – Listen in, and and uh, I hopefully educate you a little bit. But I also one of the things I love about doing the show is you educate me a little bit. And so thank you to people of all uh, political persuasions. I know we have some Democrat and liberal listeners. I know a lot of you are conservatives, uh, and so it's just a privilege to be able to talk to you um, on this important um, station and to deal with the important issues of our country. And so uh, let me start by saying I am not in a good mood. (laughs) I haven't been in a good mood, folks, since Tuesday Um, at that election. uh, If you're a conservative Republican, as I am, was um, a calamity. Um, And I'm still still trying to sort out what happened. And I'd like to hear from you all about why it is that Republicans didn't do didn't uh, step up the way you would have expected in the midterm election. And one of the things that puzzles me, folks, is that you had, that, you know, according to the exit polling of the people who actually voted on Election Day, you know, somewhere around 70 percent, about two out of every three voters who voted were asked, do you think the country is headed in the right direction? By the way, think about that yourself if you haven't been asked that by a pollster. <clears throat> Do you think that the United States of America, this great country of ours, is headed in the right direction? Well, the people who were polled, uh, who went to the uh, election booth on uh, Tuesday, said by two to one margin, the economy is headed in the wrong direction, in the wrong direction. And I love America. I love this country. We, we do correct but I would say if I'm asked, do I think the country's heading in the right direction or wrong direction? I'd say we're headed south, not north. We're not happening. It's not happening. It's not. It's uh, we, we have a massive increase in our debt that I think is very problematic for the country's future. I mean, trillions and trillions and trillions we've added. I'm concerned about the border out of control. I'm concerned about the crisis of drug use in this country. I'm concerned about the crime wave in this country. I'm concerned about the inflation in this country. I'm concerned about the fact that, uh, you know, our transportation fuels and costs are going up. Grocery costs are going up. So I just don't like the way things are going. I don't like the growth of government. I'm a, I'm a 
conservative in the sense that I believe in the free enterprise system. I believe we need government, but I don't think the government needs to be nearly as big and as expensive and costly as wasteful as it is. And I think most of you probably agree with me on that. So I can't quite grasp, I can't get my mind around this, folks. And maybe you can help me because I will take your uh, calls at the end of the show. How is it that two out of three people can say, I think the country's heading in the wrong direction, and yet they go into the voting booth and they vote for the people who put us in this direction and put us where we are? And so it was troubling to me when Joe Biden sort of triumphantly said, um, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday after the election, and by the way, there's still a lot of votes count to be counted across the country, especially on the West Coast. Um, he was asked, what will you do differently than you've done in the last two years? And he said nothing. I mean, I'm not saying he, he didn't say anything. I'm saying his answer was, quote, nothing, unquote. I'm not going to do anything differently. Is that the message we wanted to send to Joe Biden? Keep doing what you're doing? Apparently, for a lot of voters, that was the message. And I'm troubled by that. Are you troubled by that? I am. How can we want to stay on this path? In my opinion, I'm an economist. I've been in this game a long time, folks. I don't always get it right. By the way, I apologize to my listeners. I'm going to apologize to you. I got it wrong. I said last week on this show it was going to be a red wave election. And mea culpa, I was wrong. I got it wrong, folks. I apologize. I gave you bad advice. If you, if you bet on, the, on my advice, you, you lost money because it was not a good election for the Republicans, especially in the midterm. Now, uh, the good news is if you want to hang your hat on something, and, and this is an important thing to hang your hat on, the Republicans, I think it's 90 percent, will have won the House. And it's going to be a much narrower margin. I thought they'd win by about a 25 or 30 seat majority. I think their majority is looking more like maybe five. And uh, the Senate, you know, there's still a shot that the Republicans might take the Senate. Uh, They'd have to win the Nevada race, which is razor tight right now in terms of the counting of the final ballots. And then they'd have to win the special election. So there's a chance at that. And by the way, if those things happen, you know, I'll be happier because I think you do need divided power in Washington. And the evidence is very clear. If you, This is an investment show. That's why I call it more money. Um, you know, if I'm right that we get that divided power, and we'll be hearing more about that later in the show from uh, the Paynes who do our, uh, our finance segment, um, I think that the, the divided power, which I think we're going to end up with, but there's no, there, as I said, there's still votes being counted out there. And let me just say as an aside, I am so damn frustrated with the fact that this is Saturday morning. We had an election four, five days ago, and they're still counting the ballots. Come on. What are we, a third world country? This only intensifies people's worries that there's hanky panky going on, that somebody is, uh, you know, oh, look, look over there in the corner. You see that? Oh, there's another batch of ballots. Where did those come from? We didn't see those. It only, uh, adds to people's suspicions that there is voter, you know, that there are fraudulent ballots that are being counted. And by the way, I'm not an election denier. I don't want to get into that argument. I'm just saying if we had a system that was buttoned up, you know what I'm saying? Like in Florida and Maryland, where I live, they they counted the ballots. We have mail-in balloting. It was counted. Why does it take so long? 
Why does it take so long? I mean, my God, you know, if somebody was saying on these TV shows like The Voice, another thing where people vote in, you know, they vote in and they, they have the results in like, you know, 30 minutes. <laughs> and here we are, you know, hundreds of hours later, we have no idea who's the winner in these elections. And that that is problematic to me. But may, back to my main point. This country is facing a lot of severe problems. I don't, maybe people aren't aware of it. Maybe they don't care. Maybe we're living in kind of a fantasy land. Maybe people voted for the Democrats and they probably did because uh, of the abortion issue or other issues that are not related to the economy. Maybe people just didn't like Trump or didn't like Trump's candidates. And, you know, there's something to that. But my point is the country is in a lot of trouble. And I'm an optimist. You know, most of you have seen me on TV, seen me. I've been doing radio for 30 years. I, you know, every say, oh, Steve Moore, you're a, you're a happy warrior. Well, you know, right now, folks, I'm not that happy. I'm, I'm kind of frustrated because I think we have to, the first step to solving a problem, if you have an addiction problem, what is the first step in solving an addiction? It is to admit to yourself and to your friends and your family that you have a problem, right? That's, that's step one in the five or six or seven step process of overcoming an addiction. What I'm telling you is we have an addiction in this country to runaway government. Everybody feels like they're entitled to money from the government. And no, that's going to lead to ruination of our country. We have to basically have people pull themselves up from their own bootstraps and not becoming uh, wards of the state. Uh, you know, it was Joe Biden uh, who, uh, who after his first few months in office, uh, the New York Times had a very famous story on their front page saying, what Joe Biden is promising the American people is, quote, cradle to grave government. Cradle to grave government. Is that what you want? You want the government to be, to be your mama, you know, and take care of you? Um, I don't. I don't want that. I want people to be self-sufficient. Now, look, we, we believe in a safety net in this country. Everybody's fallen on t- tough times. If you haven't, you're lucky. I've lost jobs in my life. I've lost. I've been laid off. I've been fired. I'm not a perfect person. <laughs> I hate to tell you, you know, I have skeletons in my closet. But, you know, we want to make people um, self-reliant, self-reliant with help when you fall on tough times where we have a safety net from the government, from private charities and so on. You can't be permanently relying on government, right? We have to have people starting businesses and running businesses and working hard, and we've got a lot of work to do. We're up against a formidable adversary, ladies and gentlemen, in China. China is trying to you know, eat our lunch, as, Joe, uh, as Donald Trump would say, and we're letting them do that. We're letting them do that by encouraging people not to work, paying welfare benefits that oftentimes pay people more not to work than to work. We're making more and more people think that their uh, benefactor is government, not from their own employer. And so I'm, I'm, if I sound a little angry today, I guess I am. I'm a little angry. I'm a little disappointed. Um, but I'm going to end this little soliloquy on a positive note, if I may. The Republicans will win the House. You will have divided government. You are no longer going to have Joe Biden be able to do anything that he wants to with the Congress basically just uh, 
rolling over to his crazy demands. And that's going to be a positive thing. And it's the reason I think the market has done very well in the last three days is it's it's dawned on people that maybe the election wasn't as good as we as Republicans might want to say. And by the way, I'm not presuming that everybody listening to this show is a Republican. I've always said Republicans are not the solution to our problems, folks. So Republicans oftentimes can be as dysfunctional as the Democrats can. But divided government is good. It does lead to better stock returns. It does lead to a better economy. So maybe we're going to get through this. But I'm I'm very concerned when I say Joe Biden say, I'm going to keep doing for the next two years what I've been doing the last two years. Because you know what? If we do that, we're going to bankrupt our country. So it's important to be uh, vigilant as uh, voters. I'm going to make one last point, and then we're going to go to a quick break. Um, I just want to tip my hat to Lee Zeldin. I don't know Lee very well. I've met him a couple times. I don't always agree with him, although uh, I'm probably a little bit more conservative than he is. But he ran one hell of a race. I got to say that. He won one hell of a race. And I don't understand how people in New York, I don't care if you're, I mean, I know it's a Democratic state, 75% Democrats, but come on. Lee Zeldin had a reform agenda for New York to get rid of the crime, to get rid of the graffiti, to get rid of the homelessness, to get rid of the, the uh, get, bring jobs and development back to the state to cut taxes. And the people in New York voted against that. I don't, I don't understand it. <laughs> I am so frustrated. And again, I'm not saying Republicans are the solutions, but when you've got somebody like Kathy Hochul, who clearly is just not up for the job of being the governor of one of our great states, yeah, that disturbs me. So, all right, I'm, I'm through venting, folks, and uh, I'll feel better next week, I promise. Uh, this is Steve Moore. You're listening to the More Money Show. We're going to hear from the uh, uh, Ryan and Bob Payne about what's going on with the stock market. And when I come back, uh, I will be taking some of your questions on our More Money hotline, 1-800-848-9222. Um, so stick with us. Be right back. Stop. ED is no laughing matter. This could be caused from low T, high blood pressure, or diabetes. Elevate Wellness can help. 40% of men over 40 have experienced this. Make the call to Elevate Wellness now. 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. The office visit is only $99 and includes exam, blood work, test dose, and consultation. Call Elevate Wellness. 973-354-2276. Or Elevate Wellness Group. Brian Payne and Bob Payne on more money today from Payne Capital Management. Of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. We have a boutique firm here in New York City, and we're going to talk today about what we always talk about, the markets, the economy. And Bob, man, oh, man, we had a huge, huge rally in stocks this past week. Pretty awesome. That's all I have to say about it. Pretty awesome. How about one of the best days in history uh, when we had the Consumer Price Index, the CPI, Come in less hot than expected. It wasn't like it dropped. It only went four tenths of one percent versus six tenths of one percent. But year over year, it was lower than it was in September. Market saw that as good news. Oh my goodness gracious! If you weren't if you weren't long, you were wrong, right? Absolutely. And I think there's two two lessons to learn from this. Number one is it's impossible to time the market. So if you've been sitting in cash trying to figure out like what's your game plan for retirement, getting invested, well, you know, it doesn't pay to wait. Because there's no, you know, clear signal that you're going to get that tells you that things are better. And let's face it, you know, things, we still have high inflation, right? 7.7%. We're still at a 40 year high. But the point is with markets is they look into the future and, you know, what that signifies to me 
Bob, it's just that, you know, inflation is going to start coming down further and further as we move ahead. And that's very, very good for the economy, as we know. Well, you know, the Federal Reserve has one view. Um, and there's other economists like Jeremy Siegel of the Wharton School, uh, economics professor. And he says basically inflation's over. Um, he actually thinks if you really take a hard look at some of the lagging indicators, some of the housing indicators, that inflation would actually be negative right now. And, and why is that good, right? I mean, it's good because it costs less to go to the grocery store, but it has a major impact on interest rates. It really does. And as we know right now, if you're trying to get a mortgage or anyone's trying to get a mortgage, you went from 3% to 7% in just six months. And man, oh man, those interest payments go up sizably. And it's very hard for people to get a home, right? When mortgages go up so much and that we've seen the real estate market come to a screeching halt here, it slowed a lot. And that's what the Fed wanted to do. It wanted to slow down the economy and they've done that. And to your point though, Bob, it doesn't show up in the numbers right away. And you have to remember too, we're looking at numbers from a month ago. And as we know, you know, we're in November now going into December. If things change quickly when it comes to the economy and you know, basically, to your point, we might be at a point now where we almost have no inflation. When you take out a real estate, that's phenomenal. Well, I always love it because, you know, when I watch the news and they talk about a bear market, well, you know, not everything's in a bear market, right? We had energy stocks going up this year, commodities going up this year. Um, and now with interest rates having reverse course, right, they were going up. It seems like they're starting to come down, starting to see some relief in the bond market. And there's still a great opportunity for all of you um, not to sit in cash, to invest in stocks that pay good dividends, to invest in bonds that, you know, the worst is going to happen in a good quality bond is you get all your money back with interest. And the interest they're paying yeah. is the best we've seen in 10 years, right? Yeah. The only decision you don't want to make is no decision, right? I mean, we've talked about yes. this for months now. The sitting in cash is not a good long-term strategy because inflation should come down, but you're still going to have inflation. You know, costs are going to go up over the next five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years. So you have to start thinking longer term than, you know, what's going to happen next week. And the media loves to make you focus on what's happening next week, but you have to start getting realistic and pragmatic. Sitting in cash is the worst place to be because your purchasing power is getting its lunch eaten by inflation, which may come down a little bit, but still you've got to get a return on your money. And I think what we're seeing right now and the market's telling you is, look, the world's not going to end. Everything's going to be okay. So you got to start to get that money to work and start thinking about your long-term goals and ignore the noise in the short term. Well, Ryan, I get it. Look, it's, it, you know, the markets are very volatile. And guess what? They're always volatile. Um, you know, last week we had the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell come out and he spoke very dovishly. Like he, he, he I thought, wow, he's, you know, he's going to become Jerome the pivoter, right? He's going to pivot on, on interest rates. And then boom, he did a press conference and be, became Jerome the hawk. And all of a sudden we had a thousand point decline in the market. And then this week we have a 1200 point advance in the market. You know, it's enough to make your head spin. I can see why it's really hard. That's why it's important to have a strategy to be an investor because all that volatility does create opportunity if you're an investor. Now, if you're a trader, I can't help you, but if you're an invest, you want to create wealth. These are the times to create wealth. Yeah. And it's, it's bad to bet against Americans. You know, I, I think that's the other thing I have a lot of big problem with is there's so much negativity about the economy, what's going to happen. And we always discount how resourceful people in the U.S. are. I mean, look at businesses. They've done a phenomenal job navigating the crazy supply chain issues we've had, navigating the super high inflation. And we were even seeing earnings this quarter have been pretty decent because people make good decisions. They're shrewd. You know, they're smart. 
And that shows up in the numbers. And, and the world doesn't fall off a cliff because people figure out a way. And a bet against that is really, really foolish. And I think right now more than ever, you know, you have to say like, man, we've seen tremendous resilience here. I think if, if anything else with the economy, that's something to embrace, not put your head in the sand and think, you know, it's the worst time ever. You know, that's not the right strategy. And like, the proof's in the pudding. You know, we, we've got a great, great economy here. And we have people that they, Americans figure it out. That's what I'm trying to say, Bob. Well, yeah, and I agree with you, Ryan. The thing is, I think the message for this year, it's kind of like the message that you learn or the lesson you learn about every 30 years is you invest in things that are real, right? You invest in companies that have real earnings that are backed by real assets that pay real dividends. You invest in bonds. You lend money to municipalities and the U.S. government and to good quality companies to earn interest so that you get your money back, not just return on your money, but return of your money. You don't invest in things that are backed by nothing like cryptocurrency. <laughs> We've been warning you for two years. Stay away from that stuff. It's starting to blow up now. And, um, you know, it's just that you just want to invest in things that are real. Stay away from those things that aren't. Well, that's a great point, right? Obviously, cryptocurrencies, which, yeah, are backed by nothing. They're probably going to be, could be worthless. I don't know. Just saying. But the other mistake you're going to make right now, too, is it's interesting. The markets have rallied strongly here. But if you look at technology and mega cap tech, it hasn't performed as well. And this is another kind of function of markets. When you have volatility, typically the leadership changes. And we saw this when the tech bubble burst back over 20 years ago is it's not going to be the same stocks that do well. You've got to re-diversify your portfolio. And this is another reason why you can't just hope that your losers come back. You've got to reposition, especially if you're close to retirement or retired now. You've got to position your portfolio to live off of it. And you also have to make sure that you spread that money out because what's working now is not the same thing that was working before. And that's one of the tricky parts about markets, but it's critical you diversify properly. You know, Rob, I've been doing this for almost 50 years and, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, a boring guy when it comes to investing. You know, I call periods like this the revenge of the nerds, nerds like me who like to invest in companies and in portfolios where I get a dividend, but they actually increase the dividend. And, you know, there are companies out there, you know, blue chip American companies like Coca Cola, Procter and Gamble, you know, Pepsi, Genuine Parts. Um, JP Morgan, these are not JP Morgan, but you know, companies that have been increasing their dividend, not just once in a while, but how about 60 years in a row, right? Through every good economy or bad economy, you know, they increase their dividend, not just, you know, pay a little bit, but pay a lot. So that over time you keep compounding your money. Yeah. I mean, it's about cash flow. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, like, okay, the world's not going to end. I hear you, Bob and Ryan. I need a plan for retirement. I got to make sure that I have an income plan for retirement. I don't run out of money. I factor in inflation. Here's your shot to do it. We literally have 10 slots. We keep them open for the show. If you saved over a million dollars for your financial independence or retirement plan, we will run for your total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We look at everything. There's no other firm out there that will do this work up front at no cost. We literally go ahead and build you your own personalized financial portal, give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial picture, and we hone in on every issue you've got to address today you can't wait on. You need an income plan for retirement. How are you going to draw from your portfolio? How are you going to take Social Security? How do you factor in that your cost of living is going to double over the next 20 years? We put together a full income plan so you don't run out of money. We're going to look at diversification. Are you getting hit hard this year? Were you over-concentrated in tech? Are you properly diversified? Well, we're going to do a full deep dive of your portfolio. Or are you sitting in cash earning nothing on your money as inflation is at a 40-year high? 
We're going to put together a full diversified investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street just loves to sell you high cost products. They're very tax inefficient. We're going to look at those annuities, mutual funds, brokerage products, insurance products, show you how to reduce all the costs on your portfolio, especially that hidden cost and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make. It's what you take. We'll give you our full tax playbook. We've got 10 slots. If you've saved over a million dollars for your financial independence plan, all you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692 or simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation, there's no cost, no strings attached. Only a plan, we don't text or call. 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply text or call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob, you know, at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. At our boutique firm, we have offices here in New York, Pennsylvania and Jacksonville, Florida, is we spend so much time financial planning. And for a lot of people, financial planning, let's be honest, is not that much fun. It's kind of like having to clean out your closet. It's just something you don't want to do. But when you do it, you feel so much better. So I thought we could discuss, you know, some of the issues that you really need to take action on today and maybe other financial issues where, well, maybe you don't need to take action. And, you know, I think one that's a big question for all of us, especially when we start thinking about taking our money is how much money do you put in tax deferred plans like IRAs, 401ks, because at 72, you have to start taking it out and you can have a major tax bill or it's kind of like your retirement plans are a ticking tax time bomb. Well, there's really a couple of parts to this question, right? So let's unpack it a little bit. You know, deferring taxes can mean a couple of different things. First of all, contributing to a retirement plan is the smartest thing you can do because it's the only legal tax shelter out there, Right. Uh, and every year, next year, we're going to be able to put more into our 401k or 403b. You know, take advantage of the Roth conversion, take advantage of Roth contributions. But there's also deferring your income, right? You can defer income in, in some companies. That's not always such a smart move because of what's happening with our taxes. Yeah, it really is. And, and right now, this year, you may be in a lower tax bracket, or maybe you're a couple of years out from the age 72 it may make sense to take some of that money out now so you're not caught with huge tax bills later. And one of the nice things about the tax code is you can convert that money, pay the tax today if you're in a low tax bracket. And of course, talk to your accountant about this. And you can go into what we call a Roth IRA, where the money is not only tax-free growing, but you can take it out tax-free and your heirs can take it out tax-free. So there's a lot of ways to take some of that deferred money and start to space it out or start planning for it now as opposed to waiting to your 72 and all of a sudden, bam, you check up your tax bracket. That could be a big problem. You know, right? Once you're done figuring out that problem, then you got to sit there and say, well, what should I do with this debt? You know, should I eliminate my debt? Should I take my debt down to the sleeping point? What's your strategy in eliminating debt? Is there an all or none strategy yeah. or is there nuance? Well, it's a tricky time right now, right? Because if you have a mortgage rate that's really low, a lot of us locked into 2%, 3%, even 4% mortgages, well, you know, maybe it's peace of mind to pay it off, but from a portfolio perspective, it's, it's cheap debt, right? There's a, there's a good reason 
maybe to slowly pay the bank off with that money as a paying it off right away. But now rates have gone to 7%. So maybe you're taking that home equity loan out or you're looking to get a mortgage or refinance. Instead, it might be better not to have that debt and get rid of it because rates are not as good as they were just six months ago. And these are the kind of investment decisions you have to make. So I would say right now more than ever, you know, it might be better to eliminate debt, especially if the interest rates are much higher than they were. Well, you know, Rod, when you have volatile markets like we do now, we had like, you know, thousand points down last week, 1200 points up one day this week. Is it a good time to readjust your portfolio just because it's down? I mean, it depends, right? We, I think the worst thing you could do right now is go to cash, right? You obviously saw what happened in the markets on Thursday. Markets ramped up huge, just like on a turn on a dime. No one told you ahead of time. But I think as we talked about in the first segment today, it's really important that you readjust your portfolio for your, what we call wealth distribution plan, right? When you're wealth accumulation, you're making all the money, you can afford the big swings in your portfolio. But now you have to start talking about, oh, how do I manage risk? How do I generate income from my portfolio that I can live on? And, you know, maybe a lot of the concentrated positions I had in tech and growth might not be the best place to be the next 10 years, especially as I'm drawing from my portfolio. Once you're in that financial red zone, you're 10 years out from retirement, five years out of retired now, you've got to readjust your portfolio. And Bob, we know most of you don't do it. We look at more portfolios than anybody and nobody's taking those changes. You've got to make those changes. Well, one thing I do know, Ry, there's two things guaranteed in life, death and taxes. And the IRS is coming for you. So if you have losses in your portfolio, don't be afraid to take them, right? Do tax swaps. There's a great article in Barron's this week. They're talking about an individual lives down in Naples, where I am right now, who sold their home at a big profit, sold, uh, took some losses in their portfolio, offset the, the uh, gains they had on the real estate, saved $30,000 in taxes. You know, best thing about tax losses, if you can't use them up right now, you can carry them forward for the rest of your life, or at least until you die. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Well, that, I mean, that's, and that's it, right? I mean, it's just those little tweaks you can make right now. So I think more than ever right now with the volatility, interest rates going up, markets all over the place, inflation at a high, this is the time you really got to address the portfolio issues. And it's those little tweaks you make can just have a huge, huge positive impact. Again, like moving some of your money into Roth where it's tax-free, you know, maybe eliminating some of that higher cost debt. You know, another, Bob, that I would say never put off, and most of you have done this, is you probably haven't updated your wills, your legal documents, your state documents, and probably at least over a decade. You've got to make those adjustments because maybe you have that brother-in-law you don't like anymore as the executor on your will. (laughs) Like, that's not what you want. Now, these are docs that have to get uh, updated. You don't want to have them get stale, be out of date. And I know it's something you don't want to talk about. You don't want to think about your own mortality. But I can't tell you how many times... You know, we had our, you know, our, our, our offices rushing over to the hospital, the emergency room, getting documents signed because it can be substantial penalties and impacts on your family if you don't have these documents set up properly. So it's a matter of just taking the time, make sure things are titled properly, make sure you have the right people in place, not in the event that you're going to pass away because you're going to, you know, why let the people suffer more than they have to get it done? It's, it's not, a, it's something you don't want to put off, not even one more day. Yeah, yeah, that that's a big one right now. The other one we get a lot of questions on are, do you delay taking Social Security? Because obviously you get the highest benefit at age 70. And, Bob, I would say you and I know this. It probably depends. It's not the right decision for everybody. No, it's not because, you know, you can take it at 62. You can take it at normal retirement, 60, 70. Wait till you're 70 and get the maximum. But you know what? 
you got to, how long are you going to live, right? If you take it at 62 and you invest it properly, you can keep compounding it. You might have a spouse who has a benefit that if you tie it together with your spouse, you can maximize it. I think there's about six trillion ways that you can claim your social security, <laughs> right? There is no rule of thumb. You need an advisor to run an analysis. Is six trillion, is that an accurate number? No, but in all seriousness, um, it's it might true. be an exaggeration, <laughs> but I'm not sure. No, but the point is there's a lot of ways to take it. And, you know, think about it this way. Your full retirement, if you don't take it a full retirement, those four years you wait till 70, that's four years you have to make up that difference, which means a lot of cases you have to be age 80 to make the difference. So it's not a black and white decision. You've got to make that in context of your full plan. If you're thinking to yourself right now, like, these are the things I've got to address. I've got to get this done today. Well, here's your shot to do it. We literally still have four slots left. If you've saved over a million dollars for your financial independence or retirement plan, Bob and I will run for your total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally go through everything. We go as far as building you your own personalized financial portal. There's no other firm out there that will do this work up front. We'll take a complete bird's eye view of your entire financial life. We'll hone in on all those issues that are at the back of your mind. You know you have to address. We're going to look at an income plan. How do you take that social security? How do you optimize your portfolio for income so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life factoring in inflation because your costs are only going to double over the next 20 years? You've got to account for it. We'll put together that game plan. We're going to look at diversification. Have you gotten hit hard this year with markets being extremely volatile? Or are you sitting in cash, earning nothing on your money as inflation sits at a 40-year high? We'll put together a full diversified investment game plan, a wealth distribution plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life, and we'll look at fees and taxes. Every investment you own, those annuities, mutual funds, insurance products, brokerage products, we'll show you how to reduce the cost on your overall portfolio and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make, it's what you take. We give you our full tax playbook. we got four slots left if you've saved over a million dollars for your financial independence or retirement plan. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next five callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of certified financial planners and financial advisors will help you to create your own unique independent finance plan. So all you have to do right now is text or call 844 844- 752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. And hey, if you want to learn more about myself and Bob and our boutique firm, Pain Capital Management, simply go to bebullish.com. That's bebullish.com. You can check out our podcast, Pain Points of Wealth. Of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. If you have questions for us, go to bebullish.com slash questions. That's it. Stay tuned. We got more. More money coming your way. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist of Payne Capital Management, with this week's market update. This week on the Street of Dreams, we had a Dow Wow. When on Thursday, the Dow climbed 1,201 points for one of the best days in market history. For the week, the Dow gained 4.2%. The S&P 500 was up 5.9%, and the tech-heavy NASDAQ, surged 8.1%. Now, the Dow finished the week at 33,747. Hard to believe that one month ago from today, the Dow was trading at 29,000. That's a whopping 4,700-point move in just four weeks, a 16% gain. Now, this week's rally was triggered by a positive inflation report. 
the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, rose at a lower-than-expected rate of 7.7% from the previous year, sparing bets that the Federal Reserve would soon slow down the pace of interest rate hikes meant to cool inflation by reducing economic demand. The expectation is that the Fed will hike the Fed funds rate by 50 basis points, or a half of 1%, next month after four consecutive 75 basis point increases. Some economists believe they may pursue a lower terminal rate as well. Now, the rally wasn't only confined to the stock market. Bond markets rose as bond yields fell. The two-year Treasury yield, a barometer for expectations about the federal funds rate, fell to 4.3%, down from a multi-year peak of just over 4.7% hit earlier this month. The only loser for the week was the U.S. dollar, suffered its worst one-day decline in more than 13 years. That's bad news for overseas travelers, but good news for both domestic and international stock markets. A falling dollar reduces the purchasing power of Americans traveling abroad, but it benefits multinational companies like Apple and McDonald's that derive a lot of the revenue from abroad and whose profits increase when they convert those sales in international currencies back into the good old dollar. A weak dollar is also good news for investors betting on international markets and was one of the reasons why the international markets rose over 7% on the week. It increases the value of dividends earned in foreign currencies as they're converted back into U.S. dollars. Now, adding to the exuberance in the international markets was China's decision to relax some COVID-19 restrictions, a sign the global economy has a chance to run more smoothly. So the big question on investors' minds is will inflation continue to slow from here? Is there enough evidence to convince Jerome Powell to pivot from his hawkish perch at the Federal Reserve? Of course, no one can say with certainty, but many don't expect inflation to stay super hot. There are many signs it is likely to continue to slow, including falling commodity and home prices. Now, Wharton professor Jeremy Siegel said this week, inflation is basically over. Siegel's confidence stems from the fact that when you exclude the Fed's use of lagging housing data, inflation would actually be negative. He believes that the Fed and Chairman Jerome Powell are going to change their tune when they get to the real-world data in their December meeting. I hope he's right. But there's no way to know, and truth be told, it really doesn't matter. Here's what I do know. If we have just three more Dow-Wow days like Thursday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average will not only reach the old record highs of this past January, but will actually exceed them and set a new all-time high for the market. We're talking about just three days. Proof once again that when it comes to investing your hard-earned money, wealth creation is not about timing the markets. It's all about time in the markets. Hey, my son Ryan and I, we have 68 years of combined industry experience of building low-cost, tax-efficient, goal-based portfolios. For your free evaluation, all you need to do is text or call right now at 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, this is Bob Payne. I'm the Chief Investment Strategist. 
here at Payne Capital Management. If you're suffering from ED, you're not alone. 60% of men over 60 have this problem. Help is out there. The professionals at Elevate Wellness can help you be the man you used to be. They've helped thousands of patients and have a 96% success rate. What are you waiting for? Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Your first visit is only $99. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Help is out there. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is Steve Moore. We will be taking a few of your calls at the end of the show on the More Money Hotline, 1-800-848-9222. I want to hear from Democrats and Republicans about why you think the election went the way it did. Why did Republicans not perform? Why is it that even though two out of three voters think the country is headed in the wrong direction, uh, they voted for the people in, in power and instead of the challengers? So I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, regardless of which party you are in. But in the meantime, there was one piece of really good news this week, uh, which was that uh, my friend Alfredo Ortiz, who runs the indispensable small business organization Job Creators Network, um, had a lawsuit against the student loan bailouts that Biden is proposing. Uh, and he uh, won in court this week. It got eclipsed a little bit because of all the election news. And that meant that uh, this uh, was basically a stay against the Biden executive order, um, allowing people not to repay their loans and putting those loan costs on your and my shoulders. So, Alfredo, uh, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. Congratulations. Proud of you. Tell us what happened. Well, well, thank you, Steve. We are so excited with the decision that the judge passed on, uh, Judge Pittman, uh, out in Texas. Uh, he basically saw it the way we saw it, that this was an illegal overreach uh, by the executive branch, by, by Biden. And, and frankly, you know, this is the fourth time that uh, we've seen this happen. I mean, it was the EPA case. He got slapped mm-hmm. on the hands for that one, the rent moratorium, right. uh, the vaccine yep. mandate, which, as you know, we were involved in as well. And then this time, so, you know, we, we're excited that the judge saw it. And I have to tell you, I mean, he, <laughs> the judge really slammed Biden. I mean, he called it one of the worst overreaches in U.S. history, wow. uh, basically. Wow. And so um, he really, really sent a quite a, quite a solid message. So, look, and they, they've already appealed, right? We, no surprise, the DOJ has already appealed uh, to the Fifth Circuit. And mm-hmm. so it's going to yeah. make its way through the legal proceedings. But, you know, Steve, I have to tell you, honestly, I mean, not only obviously that we have standing, but the merits of the case were squarely on our side, and I think will continue to be. And we feel optimistic that in the end, we will continue to prevail. Now, do you believe, uh, Alfredo, that this will end up at the in the U.S. Supreme Court? Yes. And how long? When, so basically, just so our listeners understand, so basically the order has been um, stayed, which means that it doesn't take effect. So, you know, the government isn't, you know, taxpayers aren't going to be paying for these people's yeah. student loans. Well, well, it's, it's, but, it's, but until until the uh, decision is, until and unless the decision is reversed. And um, it seems to me that um, you have pretty strong argument that 
you know, look, as I read the Constitution, the spending power rests with Congress, not with the president. So how in the world can the president of the United States just unilaterally spend a half a trillion dollars? And that's exactly right, Steve. I mean, it's it was a 26-page opinion. I have to tell you, it's probably some of the best reading that your listeners will ever have. So uh, I'll send it to you if you could put it on your webpage or something. I think I will. you'll find it fascinating. But, boy, it is the biggest rebuke to the president, I think, that he's had in a long time because it clearly said and reminded him uh, that, Mr. President, he please, please remember there are three – branches of government, not just one. Right. And, uh, you know, it was it was a, it was quite a receipt to the president. And so yeah. we're, we're excited. The merits were definitely there for us. Well, congratulations. I mean, it's a big victory for taxpayers and small businesses. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you call this a rebuke to the president. You're exactly right. But it's also a stroke for the Constitution that absolutely. we have, you know, because I could never understand how it is that the the now the president, as I understand this, basically was asserting his executive powers, emergency powers under COVID, which I thought was laughable because even by president's own declaration, COVID emergency is over. That's exactly so, right. That's I mean, exactly right. And, and oh, and by the way, Steve, remember, he used the HEROES Act, right? Something that passed as, a, as basically a post 9-11, right? Which was really to help our military, you know, our, our, our fighting military members. Uh, help out of situation on the loans. They use that as the reason why, first of all, that they didn't have to use something called review, uh, review and consent uh, process, review and comment process uh, that gives you know every American an opportunity to actually comment on the rulemaking process. They basically said, no, nah, we don't need to do it. We're using the Heroes Act since we don't have to, and we're just going to go ahead and set up this four hundred thirty billion dollar program without consent of uh, Congress. Ridiculous. Well, it's a, it's a big it's a big victory because, you know, we already have a 20, you know, $3 trillion national debt. This would have added another half a trillion dollars to our debt. And, I, you know, yeah. I don't I know that it's popular with young people oh, forgive people for their debts. But look, these are people who, as you know, um, many of the people not repaying their loans make over $100,000. They advance degrees. There's no reason that a, a, a plumber or a you know, an electrician who didn't go to college should have to pay more taxes for these spoiled kids who did go to college and don't want to pay their loans. Well, that's exactly it. And, and you know, the big thing here, Steve, too, is that, look, we, we actually feel sorry for these kids and these parents, you know, that that, that took out these loans, uh, quite frankly, uh, because they were sold the bill of goods by these colleges yes, and, well. and, and universities. I mean, you know, they were basically said, hey, don't, doesn't matter what degree you take out, go ahead and take a four-year loan. In fact, take five years to finish your program. You know, take it easy. Take whatever you want. You know, in the meantime, these colleges, uh, you know, increasing tuitions since, frankly, since the uh, Barack Obama years, uh, double digits. And they were putting in, you know, these these Taj, gold-plated Taj Mahals and resort-style amenities. And in the meantime, they're sitting on $700 billion of endowments. So we're saying, you know what? We actually feel sorry for you kids. We actually agreed with Biden that there's a situation here, that there's a there's a problem, but we completely and fundamentally disagree that the solution was to put it on those on the shoulders of taxpayers. Go ahead no, and bring that, in those colleges yeah, and the in the professors right. and all that. They're gonna pay millions of dollars and ask them to pay for it. No, the student loan bailout actually makes the college tuition problem worse because it only encourages the uh, universities to continue to outrageously exactly raise their tuition. Look, the number one financial scandal of our time uh, has been the amount of money that these universities are charging our families. It's 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 scandalous. And, 
you know, if anybody's going to repay these loans, it should be the universities, with, as you said, with these gigantic exactly endowments that, that they're not using it to make their colleges more affordable and they want the taxpayers to pay for it. So, I mean, it's, That's a, it's right. a, you've That's really right. $700 billion, $700 billion out there. They should use it. They can start paying off some of these loans down themselves. So, Alfredo, uh, just in our last minute or two left, uh, are you confident now you said it goes to the Fifth Circuit Court? I don't know anything about that court. I don't think my listeners do. Um, it's a good court. It's a good court for us. It, and then if, if, if you win at that Fifth Circuit Court, you think that the uh, Biden people would then take it to the Supremes or – yeah, we, look, we 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 fundamentally believe. I mean, they're they're just going to keep on doing this. I mean, they, they have unlimited budgets, right? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, they they could keep going this and basically bankrupt anybody who tries. But look, we know it's the right situation. We know it's the right thing to do, and we're going to keep on fighting all the way to the Supreme Court, the way we did with a vaccine mandate. Yeah. Well, awesome. I, I've got one minute left. I just want to ask you about one thing that's I've got you know something that I'm it's infuriated me, which is that I saw the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which is supposed to be representing businesses, um, endorsed many of these Democratic candidates who, you know, like Spamberger in Virginia, and pulled them over the top with their money when they are, everything they're doing is anti-business. What's going on there? Well, I I mean, Steve, remember what they did two years ago? It was 26 Democrat candidates, I think, back then as well. I mean, look, the U.S. Chamber is is gone. I mean, they are so in bed with the current uh, Biden administration. I mean, they shouldn't even be considered a legit organization anymore. I'm sorry. They they had their point in time. They are no longer useful, and they should just, you know, get out of the way. Yeah. Well, that is why, folks, the Job Creators Network, if you're a small business owner, I know we have a lot of men and women listening to the show who own businesses, become a member of Job Creators. How does someone become a member of JCN? It's really easy. Join JCN.com. Join JCN.com. Number one voice for small business in America. Alfredo, your hero of mine. Thank you. Congratulations on the big win. Take it over the goal line. Okay, folks, I am going to now in one minute take your calls. Uh, it's 1-800-848-9222. Uh, you, if you're listening to the show earlier, I'm angry. I don't understand why voters did the thing they did. There's an old saying uh, by Morris Udall, who once uh, lost an election, he said, the voters have spoken, the bastards. And, uh, I'm just teasing, but it was kind of a funny comment, but I, sometimes I feel like that. And I want, under, I want to know if you can explain to me, and if you're a Democrat, Explain to me, you know, what you were voting for. Why did you do it? And that, look, everyone's vote is personal. That's the great thing about America. We do believe in elections. We are a democracy and we're a representative form of government. And so I'd love to hear from you, Mr. Producer. That number, by the way, I think we have one open line is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. I'm sorry, 1-800-848-9222 or 1-800-848-WABC. Mr. Producer, do we have any callers yet? Yeah, our first caller is Tony from Clifton. Tony, thank you for calling. What is your take? We don't have a lot of time. What is your takeaway from the election results? Um, You know, I was kind of shell-shocked at first, um, but my health and enjoying, you know, my my life is number two. So I'm just going to take away with if we get power in Congress, more power in Senate, perhaps. I'm just going to make the best of it. Again, yeah. your show yeah. is your show is stunning, 
And I think people, if they listen to what you're saying and follow the money, they can have a good life in spite of what's going on, even though it wasn't a total victory. So a great point. Great call. By the way, do you live in New York? I grew up in New York under Mayor Giuliani, who I love during 9-11. I'm a Clifton, New Jersey resident now, and I'm really concerned that we're we're all running away from our states because of the legislatures and how they are affecting our economy. Well, well put. I couldn't say it better. And, uh, you know, Rudy Giuliani was a we really, really rebuilt the great city of New York, and, and uh, we need new leadership in New York, and I'm just frustrated that people voted to keep the leadership they have. Mr. Producer, do we have another caller? We do. Our next caller is Mike from St. James. Mike, thanks for calling in. What is your takeaway from this year's election? Uh, the pollsters overestimated the win of the Republicans, and a lot of uh, voters stayed home. Why do you think that is? They didn't feel they had to go out and vote because uh, the pollsters were predicting a win for the Republicans. Oh, so you you think Republicans were overconfident? Yes. You know what? I mean, you may be right about that. It's a great point, Tony. I think I appreciate your call. And there might be something to that. You know, look, I'm guilty, folks. I am guilty. I thought it was going to be a big blowout election for the Republicans. Because I saw what was happening in our country, it seems pretty self-evident to me. I knew that the, the voters were saying that they weren't happy with the direction of the country, but it turns out they didn't like the Republicans too much. Mr. Producer, do we have another caller? Yeah, we do. It is Jerry from New Jersey. Jerry, another New Jersey resident. Uh, what is your takeaway from this year's election? My uh, takeaway is the leadership in both the Senate and the House, McConnell and um and McCarthy didn't really give support to a number of candidates who perhaps were more, were basically more independent, and that's why we lost a lot of these elections. Now, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you. Hold on, let me ask you about this because there is a concern among a lot of my Republican friends that Trump candidates were not grade A candidates. Do you agree with that? No, because, look, take Kelly Shabaka. If, if she went one-on-one with McCloskey over there, she would have won. But basically, they set up this arcane system, a oh, preference I... system, and yeah. that was a killer. Now, the other thing, to make it quick, to get because I know it's not a long show, yeah. is I think another reason Republicans didn't win as big, because the last time they had the majority under the leadership of Stone McConnell in the Senate and basically – uh, Banya and Ryan in the House, they did nothing. So they said, all right, we'll give you a majority small. Let's see what you do with it. And now they'll maybe win bigger in 24. I think yeah. there was great a lot point. of anger. Yeah, great point. This is why, thank you for calling. This is why I take your calls, folks, because I learn a lot from listening to you. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. Why did the Republicans not perform the way that we hoped they would? If you're a Republican or if you're a Democrat, why do you think that the voters rejected the Republican message? Mr. Producer, who is our next caller? Our next caller is also Jerry from New Jersey, but a second Jerry from New Jersey. <laughs> not the same Jerry. Jerry from New Jersey, thanks so a much for one. calling in. We're, we've just got a few minutes left, but what, what is your takeaway from this uh, Tuesday's election? How are you doing? I think it's a combination of things. I think the last caller hit it right, though, when he said that McCarthy and um, uh, McConnell did not support 
because I believe they do not like Trump. And I think that's really sad that they did not support it because of Trump. Do you think that uh, do you think that um, that uh, that uh, McConnell should remain the uh, the Senate leader for the Republicans? Absolutely not. He should have been gone a long time ago. All right. Thanks. Great call. So it sounds like we got some anger at McCarthy and McConnell. Uh, I'm not so sure that I agree with that, but maybe, I mean, maybe we do need some new leadership in the Republican uh, Congress. Uh, Mr. Producer, do we have any more callers? Yeah, we have a lot more, Steve. Uh, Frank from Frank from Suffolk County. Frank, thanks for calling in. We've got a couple people waiting, so I'm going to keep the, keep the show. Why did the Republicans lose? Look, the answer is voter fraud. It's obvious. Ah. It's, going on. it's voter fraud. Look what happened in Florida. DeSantis yeah. barely won in his yeah. first election. He won by 20 points now because he made it a priority to straighten out the voting system in yeah. Florida. And that's what you have going on. Yeah, but voter you know what? Fraud, no, the Democrats are crooks. All right, I'm yeah. going to challenge you on this one, though, because look at Pennsylvania. Now, was there some fraud? Maybe there was some fraud. But, you know, Fetterman won that race by four to five percentage points. I don't get it. Why would people vote for Fetterman in Pennsylvania? Because they're so corrupt. In Pennsylvania, the people in Pennsylvania are relatively <laughs> conservative people. This yeah. I love voter that. fraud in Pennsylvania is out of control. Yeah, the whole well, country I do. is out of control. All right. Well, great call. I do agree with you that we need to get back to people voting on Election Day to the fullest extent possible. And also, I feel so strongly about this. I agree with The Wall Street Journal. People should the all the votes should be counted by midnight on Election Night. Right. This idea. I'm in Arizona. They're not going to finish counting the votes till Monday. What do you think's going on behind closed doors? All right, I think we got time for one more quick caller, Mr. Producer. Who we got? Do we have any ladies? Really quick. Judy from Manhattan. Judy, we've got uh, 60 seconds left. Why did the Republicans underperform, Judy? Uh, I think because they did not recognize the impact of UNESCO's uh, education plan that is going throughout the world called Education for Global Citizenship, which moves towards world cog governance uh, according to standards. And it's all written in the ICC, the International Code Council. Okay. All right, good point. Do we have time, Mr. Producer, for one more caller? Really, 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 really quick. Right, Doug okay, from New got? Jersey. Doug, thanks. We got literally 40 seconds left. What do you got? Why did we lose? Steve, I, I think there, there, was, there was a very good clue from England with uh, uh, Liz Truss. Uh, yep, when yep. she lost, she was she had said she was going to do uh, uh, emulate uh, Thatcher and Reagan. She campaigned she on pro growth policies, uh, specifically uh, yeah, uh, right. things that the taxes. Right. And when 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 England loses that sort of thing, it comes over here. And I think that, yeah. was, that was one of one of several big it, clues. We lost a New York special election, the uh, Kansas yep. abortion referendum. Um, yeah, yeah. Myra Flores, she won uh, an, an, an extremely low turnout in Texas. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it was a lot of clues right, out this, there. Yeah, uh, so I'm disappointed, point, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, okay, great great today. We have the I always say we have the smartest listeners in the country with WABC Talk Radio. This is the More Money Show. I'll be in a better mood next weekend, folks. Have a great weekend. Uh, and it uh, will be same time next week, 1 p.m. for the More Money Show. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 